Obviously, it's brilliant to celebrate um, all those who show motherly care in some way, but where did the original idea of Mothering Sunday come from? Um, David, if I can have the first PowerPoint, brilliant, thank you very much. Um, Mothering Sunday is the fourth Sunday in Lent, which is today. And um, although it's often called Mother's Day, it has no original connection uh, with the American festival of the same name. Traditionally, Mothering Sunday was a day when children who had left home to work, for whatever reason they'd gone off to work, um, came back to visit their home church or their mother church, hence Mothering Sunday, when children who had left home came back to visit their mother church. And inevitably, the return uh, to their home church became an occasion for family gatherings. Um, but it's really only in the past hundred years um, that Mothering Sunday as we know it today has really come about. Um, so that is a short history of Mothering Sunday. Today's reading comes from Exodus 2, chapter 2, sorry, Exodus 2, verses 1 to 11. Now a, man, now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. She placed the child inside it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then the Pharaoh's daughter went down the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked the Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the, so the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to the Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named, her Mo, she named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. So, good morning, everybody. Um, welcome to this service. I'm Josh if you don't know me, and I'm going to be doing the first part, and my twin, Johannes, will be doing the second part of the service. So, Exodus 2, the story of Moses. So, I thought, for you that don't know what the story of Moses is, I'll give you a brief backstory beforehand. So, the Pharaoh issued an order so that um, all the baby boys in his land were killed, so he was, because he was worried that they, would, that they would overthrow him one day when they grow up. So, there are three different types of mothers to Moses in this story. So the first one, as I said before, his biological mother, um, obviously, is his mother. And then the second one, his sister, because of the way she looks after him. And thirdly, the Pharaoh's daughter is another type of mother. And all three have the desire to look after him um, in different ways. So the first one, the biological one, as I said before, a Levite. Uh, in Exodus 2, verses 1 to 3, it says up there, now a man from the family of Levi married a woman also from the family of Levi. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son, who was Moses. When she saw how wonderful the baby was, she hid him for three months. So she's a mother towards him um, by being loving and keeping him safe, even though she could have been punished severely, so she could have been killed eventually. The second mother is the sister of Moses. Um, Exodus 2 verse 4, it says... 
the baby sister stood a short distance away to see what would happen to him, which also, again, like a mother, um, is kind towards him and makes sure that he's safe because she wants him to, you know, be okay. And finally, the Pharaoh's daughter, the third mother, Exodus 2, verse 10, says, When the child grew older, the woman took him to the, ba- to the king's daughter and she adopted the baby as her own. So the Pharaoh's daughter is a mother towards him by making sure he's well looked after um, and is also loving and kind towards him. Even though he isn't one of her people, you know, she's gone against what her dad would have said. So an example of which someone could be a mother to you in the modern day. So my first one is a teacher, in loco parentis. It means, it's a Latin phrase which means in place of a parent, which is a legal obligation that you have to fulfill the responsibilities of a parent in a workspace like the school. Um, And particularly when you grow older, so when you get to the important stages of your life and exams, the teachers, they support you and look out for you and make sure that you're doing okay with your schoolwork, etc. And the second one, a football coach, obviously a talk with me would, wouldn't be without football in some way, in it? Um, so I managed to fit this in. Um, I'm a football coach myself um, for under 10s. And a way that they can be mothers to you, um, or a motherly figure to you, is by supporting you and cheering you on. Um, as well as giving you guidance from the sidelines and also generally having your back, um, which basically, yeah. These are two examples that I've experienced in my life. Um, And also as football coaches, they watch you grow as a player. Um, And so how can you be mother to other people um, in this modern day? So up there it says, the first one, show a motherly nature to others. So the motherly nature is kind of the next three down. So look after them, make sure they're okay, look out for their emotions, um, treat them respectfully, once again, being kind and looking out for them. And the most important up there is loving them and being there for them when you need them. Okay, hello everyone. Mic's working, good. Uh, Could I have the PowerPoint up, please? Perfect. Okay, so I'm gonna continue talking uh, after Josh, of course, and I'm gonna take a bit of a different approach to Exodus 2 as well. And whilst Josh was talking about the roles of different kind of mothers there, I'm going to talk about why they're important. So, uh, firstly, I think that each female character there has a gift that helps uh, the story of Moses and the general story of the Bible progress. So I think that's important to acknowledge. And uh, secondly, I think that there's two gifts that are mainly there, and that is the mothers and sisters of Moses' gift of intelligence and Pharaoh's daughter uh, who shows morality. So I'm going to expand a bit on that. So there's intelligence shown by the sister Miriam and that is uh, primarily in this part of the, <laughs> this part of the um, passage. So his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. And then in uh, Exodus 2, um, verse 7, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? So what I think uh, you can get out of the passage there is that firstly, she didn't want to abandon her brother, which I suppose is reasonable, uh, but there, um, she definitely did as much as she could because 
she she knew that the she knew that she wouldn't have all the aspects covered, but she she tried to do the best that she could, and I think that also shows some faith, which is very important, uh, because even though the basket was made out of waterproof material, it's it's still important that it or she still had a hope that the basket. Sh- um, should stay afloat because obviously there's waves, there's some crocodiles in the Nile. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. And then uh, finally, I think she showed quick thinking in uh, verse 7 because she understood, as Josh um, talked about earlier, that that uh, Pharaoh's daughter wanted to keep the child and then she managed to get Moses' biological mother to literally be his biological mother and get paid. <laughs> so um, secondly, we also got intelligence shown by the mother, Jochbed. So and that, that's in this passage. She hid, him from, she hid him for three months, but when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. So I think what we can get out of there is that uh, that Moses' mother understood that even though she would obviously want to keep her child, the best action to take would be to to let it go because otherwise she would undoubtedly have to either herself kill the child or let the Egyptians kill the child. As Josh said earlier, that was the context of the time period. And I think that really shows sacrifice which I think is very important, but it shows that she wants the best for her child. Secondly, I think, as I said before, the tar and pitch are, are waterproof, so that's, uh, it's important that she did her best and, again, had some faith. And thirdly, she would have probably no- known where Pharaoh's daughter would bathe because the nobility in the Egyptians would normally bathe near the temple because they thought that was sacred water. So even though there is the large element of faith, she was intelligent enough to put Moses near to the temple so as to have a higher chance of Moses' survival. And then thirdly, we have a different gift shown by Pharaoh's daughter, which I think is morality. And that is shown, uh, <laughs> and that is shown um, in this passage. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. And then in Exodus 2, uh, verse 10, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. So I think what you can get out of this is that, firstly, yeah, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> She shows sympathy for others because because she has no obligation to look out for, uh, for for Moses, and it would have even been kind to just let him go and pretend to not see him, so not, as to not have to kill him. But she goes a step further than that, and she sympathizes with Mo- Moses and actually wants to care for him. So, I think that leads me on to the next point, which is that she is acting counterculturally because she sees morality as more important than legality because obviously at the time she should have, bought, uh, or as law states, as, his father, as her father even stated, 
kill Moses because he's a Hebrew male baby. And, and I think that's quite important to acknowledge that, the, that she thinks twice about the social norms and is willing to do the greater good. And I think the fact that she acts so kindly and reasonably lets her be God's device. As obviously, she isn't part of the Israelites, but because she isn't so stubborn like her father, which in Exodus 2, is, Exodus in um, all is quite common that Pharaoh is quite, quite stubborn, she can be used as God's device and drive the story of Moses and the Bible. And then finally, what I think is the message of the, this passage is that, firstly, everyone needs faith. So all the mothers in this story had, had faith, all the motherly figures had faith. And I think we, we should probably just reflect that as well. And then secondly, I think that God has a plan for all our gifts, and we have many different gifts. And I think if we can express those in the best ways possible, that would really help each one of us and society. And that, just like Pharaoh's daughter, it's important to question morality over social norms. So, obviously, the law there was probably harsher than currently. And um, even though Theresa May may have ups and downs, I think her law is definitely better than the one that was in Exodus 2. But I think culturally, we should sometimes challenge what other people are doing. I know in my life that I, I do gossip sometimes, and I try to reduce that, but it's quite hard as a teenager. And I think each, each one of us has probably got a few things that they do culturally that may not be morally right. So I think it's quite good to, to maybe challenge your, uh, your ways. And so, yeah, as these motherly figures show, I think it's important that we use our gifts of intelligence, morality, and all the other gifts that all of you have, and use them like a mother or like the ideal mother um, could be to help everyone here. Thank you. Great. Uh, Josh, Johannes, thank you so much for, for bringing that to us this morning. Um, can we just say a big thank you uh, to our young people this morning who, who led us so well? Um, guys, you're a real, uh, real gift to us, and uh, we love you and we appreciate you. And um, yeah, you're, you're, you know, we're so, so blessed to have you as part of our church family here. So thank you. Um, going back to my thought earlier about Mothering Sunday and the tradition where it came from originally, um, at its heart, Mothering Sunday um, is an invitation to experience family and hospitality. Um, and I think the church, um, as a global thing really, is in a, an amazing position to offer that to people. And so as we go from this place this morning, um, let's be aware... Um, Let's be trying to offer that to people, offering family, offering hospitality, showing love um, to those around us to, to glorify God's name. Um, so why don't we close in a prayer together? And then as you leave, ladies, um, the kids have got some chocolates to hand out. So if you're handing out chocolates, do you want to come up the front? Um, 
powerhouse, you can come and hand them out if you like. Not to yourselves, but um, <laughs> to all the ladies in the church. If you grab, grab a handful, you can take some around. Um, I'll, just, I'll just close in prayer for us. <laughs> um, Father, thank you for this day, this chance to, to, to reflect, to be grateful for all those who play the role of mother in our lives. Help us not to take them for granted, but to be able to show them love. And as we go from this place today, Lord, may we um, take that love with us as a witness to you. Amen.